This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. I hope it's not too early for you. Good morning, <laughs> Wendy. Good morning, Brad. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not the earliest person in the world. <laughs> yeah, and, and after reading what we're going to be chatting about this morning, this realization that what's early for one is not early for the other. I mean, we have a presenter here who does a, a late evening program, and there's no way you can give her a telephone call before 10 o'clock. She will not be awake. And the idea of sleeping till 10 o'clock actually upsets me because I'm thinking, what about your whole day? I mean, for me, 10 o'clock <laughs> is like lunchtime. And uh, so I realized we're all so different, but there's this idea of we all ought to have so many hours of sleep. We all ought to wake up this time if we want to have a productive day, but we can't seriously all be cut from the same cloth. We're all so different in all other ways of life. Absolutely. And we, we are definitely no different when it comes to sleeping and circadian rhythms and how our bodies function and what time of day we function um, best as well. Yeah, and it's, uh, I suppose what we're going to say this morning is as long as you do things in a, uh, in a healthy, balanced way, you know, if you do work better at midnight and you do only want to wake up at 8 o'clock, provided that you're taking good care of your health and you're getting sleep, I mean, there's not a good and bad here, is there? No, there isn't. We can obviously sleep too much and we can obviously um, go overboard or sleep too little even, but there are definitely consequences if we do that. If we, if we manage our sleep well and we know our bodies well and we listen to those, then we generally will be able to maintain um, good health. You mentioned circadian rhythms. Let's start there. What's that all about? Okay, so everybody has a 24-hour circadian rhythm. So the circadian rhythm is your sleep-wake cycle. And there are peaks and troughs in those, that cycle that affect your wakefulness. And they differ so much from each person. And um, so we are governed, if you like, by this 24-hour circadian rhythm. So if I'm an early bird and you are not, um, some people are really at their best early in the morning. I love the morning. Um, that just means our 24 hours start and end in different places. Yes. Morally. So that, and that, those are those peaks and troughs that we speak about. So morning people, or early birds, have their peak wakefulness when they, when they wake up in the morning. So they wake up early, they feel refreshed, they feel alert, um, and the morning part of the day is just their best time. Whereas evening people tend to struggle to get up in the morning, and then they wake up a little later. So they, their peak um, optimal time is later in the day. They, they struggle to go to sleep a little earlier than the others, um, but they're quite alert and can do quite a lot in the evening. Tell us about your chronotype when it comes to your sleep type. Um, I'm going to look at those two words and assume it has something to do with the times and different timing. Yes. So your chronotype is genetically determined. So that is how you are automatically programmed for sleep and waking. Um, and it doesn't matter. You can try your best. You can aim to be an early person. If you're not programmed that way, you are really not going to. It, it's going to set you back a little. Mm. So we have this rhythm that we are um, genetically pre-programmed, pre-programmed to have, and um, and that will influence whether we are automatically early or early or late risers. And some people are somewhere in between. So you don't only have early risers and late risers. You have quite a quite a few people that sit somewhere in the middle. And um, but that is still determined by our genetics. I had a flatmate when I was a student, 
and we could go to bed more or less the same time. But, oh my goodness, it was annoying. I could wake up at 8 o'clock, which I suppose if you're a student, um, you know, that's already stretching you. <laughs> and this guy, he, he, if it was any other day and you didn't have to be anywhere, you couldn't wake him up before lunchtime. Nothing would wake him. I could sit and watch TV. I could walk around. I could do things. He didn't budge. And it annoyed me so much. Um, and it took me a really long time to realize nothing I could do about this. If I woke him up early, he would be cranky and miserable if you didn't leave him, leave him to sleep. Yes. So what's very interesting is if you're forced to wake up um, and you're not ready, your body is not ready, you will be awake. You know, the lights will be on, but there will be no one home. Um, So the brain actually remains in a sleep-like state until it is ready to wake up. Um, So if you are awake and you have to be awake, you'll struggle to concentrate. You won't be able to make decisions as easily. You really will be like the, 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 the status of offline. Mm. Um, but you really aren't able to function as optimally. You aren't able to think. Your emotions and your decision-making processes are really affected if your brain is not awake yet. And you see this almost uh, in a classroom environment. You know, the kids rushing in there, alert and get going, and you've got a couple sitting there, and then everyone's like, oh, you went to bed too late. And it immediately becomes there must be an issue here when all you've really got is a collection of children who are slightly off-sync. Yes, exactly. And that puts them at a, uh, at a disadvantage because, you know, they are then either labeled as lazy or slow or, you know, they, they, they're just not with it yet. Mm. But they, they, in fact, haven't woken up properly. Um, and they're forced into a, um, a societal norm that you have to be at school by a certain time and school ends at another time, you know, and, and, and even getting to work. Yeah. You know, we, we have this sort of set hours that we have to abide by, and not everybody's ready to, to be there at that sort of time. <laughs> I quite like this thing that you're talking about, about being offline. I know a lot of people <laughs> are currently still offline. So let's talk about this night owls. I'm married to a night owl, and that's pretty tricky. Um, she really starts to get, uh, you know, she gets like a second, third, fourth wind the later it gets, and it always doesn't make any sense to me. So that's someone that's uh, why it's sort of the other way around. Exactly. So I also tend to be a night owl, um, and I, I can understand that completely. So you get this wind, the second wind, early in the evening, um, and you can do all sorts of things, and then you struggle to get to sleep at night. But night owls can be more at risk of being chronically sleep-deprived for that very reason, because you can't get to bed. Um, you try as you might, you can't actually sleep earlier. Mm. And then you want to wake up later in the morning, but you're dictated to by an alarm clock or a schedule or something that just needs to get done. So when you're in this chronically deprived state, you're often exhausted, and that will then put you at a higher risk for developing chronic diseases. So, you know, things like heart disease, especially diabetes. Diabetes is very closely linked to sleep deprivation. Those kind of things you're more at risk of if you're chronically sleep deprived. So, so let's talk about um, uh, our brain, knowing when's day and when's night. I mean, that amazes me that such a thing is going on inside of our brains. What's, what's that all about? Yes. So you have this very fancy nucleus called the suprachiasmatic nucleus, and that communicates the repeating cycle of night and day. So it's a, it's a separate, it sort of runs parallel to the circadian rhythm, and it tells your body when to release melatonin, um, it is programmed by the sun and the and the um, the moon. You know the the cycle of the day. Yeah. Um, and as soon as it starts getting dark, it tells your brain it's time to release melatonin because sleep is imminent. It's almost time to go to sleep. Hmm. 
And melatonin is the thing that re- regulates the timing of your sleep. So it doesn't do an awful lot to generate sleep, but it helps to keep you in that rhythm. And it, it coordinates that sleep-generating region in the brain that helps you to get ready for sleep. And then as the sun starts coming up in the morning, your pineal gland, which is a little gland in your brain, stops that production of melatonin Amazing. so that you can wake up. This is fascinating. I mean, all these autonomous systems running around inside of our body telling us that we're sleepy, you're not sleepy, and then we go and pump ourselves full of caffeine because we try to not be sleepy anymore, and that upsets everything completely. I mean, I, I, I've been a long time since I've had caffeine, and the, the first few months um, after stopping caffeine, Wendy, I realized my body, I was starting to get sleepy, and I'd be worried, why am I so tired at 8 o'clock at night? And then it occurred to me, well, I'm not artificially stimulating myself anymore, and I must just go with what my body is dictating. Absolutely. And then you have this factor called sleep pressure. So you've got your circadian rhythm, you've got the suprachiasmatic nucleus, you've got the melatonin production, and then you have the sleep pressure, which is caused by a buildup of adenosine in your brain. Now, adenosine is a neurotransmitter, Mm. and it's one of the building blocks for our DNA, but it keeps track of how long we've been awake. So it, it starts building up from the time we wake up. When we have caffeine, the caffeine actually blocks the production of this adenosine and it um, prevents us from experiencing that sleepiness. So it actually it, it sort of pushes back your sleepy signal. So if you have caffeine, you will um, block that signal. But then when you stop having the caffeine, it will, um, it will delay the signal. So you'll, you'll find you're sleepy at an inappropriate time of the day because the caffeine is now worn off and now you all of a sudden have the surge of adenosine in, in, the, in the brain. So that's a very important thing to tell us when it's time for us to be able to properly fall asleep. I'm fascinated by all of this. And it just reminds me how wonderfully and fearfully we have been made that all of these systems are going on there. We need to embrace the way our systems operate and we mustn't interfere with them and let culture and uh, other external stimulants uh, influence that. We're all different. We need to embrace those differences and we need to probably be, listen to our bodies and, and figure out how we work and, and what's best for us. Yes, true. And maybe we do need to make some adjustments to our, you know, our cycle. So if you're on the early morning slots on the radio <laughs> for your thing, you are going to land up in, in serious trouble if you've got to do that consistently. So you know, maybe look at adjusting your work schedule. Um, school is a little bit more difficult. But there are times in the day where we are much more productive and we need to utilize those times yeah. without stimulants. <laughs> We love this. Thank you so much, Wendy. Thanks for adding so much value to our lives every week right here on Breakfast on a Thursday morning. And uh, I hope you have a super day. I hope uh, you can get awake a little bit later on. I know this is early for you. <laughs> we will, we'll connect again. Thanks so much. We think you're awesome. Have a great day. It's a pleasure, Brad. Have an awesome day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.carepulpit.co.za